Welcome to Bike Med. These are podcasts on biking medicine from the University of Utah School of Medicine. Hi, this is Richard Ingebretson with the University of Utah School of Medicine. Last summer I was at a uh, mountain bike race uh, in the mountains and uh, it was an amazing event, of course. But I saw something very interesting as the bikers were passing the aid station. They were giving up bottles of water to them. And rather than drink the water, they would uh, flip the water onto their back and let the water just go down uh, onto their jerseys and onto their skin. This obviously was to cool them off. They didn't want water on them, or rather in them. They wanted water uh, on them. This is a, a natural response for people who were exercising in the heat. It, it wasn't even that hot. Temperature was in the mid-80s. But uh, the reason that they put water on them is very telling and is the subject of today's podcast, and that is heat. Uh, to understand why they put water on them and why, how that helped, uh, even though it's sort of intuitive, it, it's not as intuitive as you think. What happens is that uh, our bodies are always producing energy. It's usually from the sugar that we eat in the form of glucose, and it will burn all day long. And depending upon your event, you'll burn anywhere from 1,800 to 3,000 big C calories uh, each and every day. What's interesting with those calories that we burn, most of that energy is not used for performance. It's escaped out of the body. It leaves our body. And it's, uh, our, our, the human body is insanely inefficient at taking the energy that we take in and then producing uh, useful work from it. Typically, the best we get is about 80% uh, of our energy uh, is wasted and only about 20% is used for energy. And in some cases, it's even less than that. What that means is, is that heat is always leaving our bodies. Always. So the important thing to remember is that it is heat that is moving, heat that is being transferred. There is no such thing as cold. Even though we often say you put on a coat to keep the cold out, you're actually putting on a coat to keep the heat in. And so if heat leaves our body too quickly or too much heat leaves our body, we become the feeling what we call cold. And if it gets cold too quickly, we become what's called hypothermic. If uh, we don't let enough heat lead our, uh, leave our body, then we heat up and we have the feeling of being hot. And then we become what's called hyperthermic. So it's a game we play with the atmosphere. Remember, our body temperature is almost 100 degrees or about 37 degrees centigrade. We're at 99, 98, somewhere around there. And so heat generally leaves our body. It's just how quickly we allow it to uh, leave. So we're always playing this game with the atmosphere around us, uh, with air conditioning or with heaters, or we put on coats, take off coats, wear life jackets, light jackets or sweaters, always trying to manage how much heat and how quickly heat uh, leaves our body. Now, bikers when they're pedaling real fast, are generating a lot of heat. And most of that heat, most of that energy that it's generating is coming out of our body as heat. Now, it turns out that water is an incredible conductor of heat. 
And so if you want to stay um, warm, you stay dry. If you want to cool off, you get wet. And that's why I saw those bikers pedaling as fast as they can, pouring water down their back to cool themselves. And remember, the water doesn't cool them. What the water does is allow heat to leave the body uh, faster. You don't put cold or cool into a body. You can't. It doesn't, there's no such thing as cool or cold. All you do by putting water on you is allow heat to leave your body more quickly or faster. So that is a really important thing to understand with hyperthermia and hypothermia, that we're managing heat leaving our body. Remember, water is a great conductor of heat, and so if you want to get cool, get wet. If you want to stay warm, then you want to get dry. Now, we said that water is a great conductor of heat. It is. Um, uh, we call that kind of uh, heat leaving the body conduction. That is water touching our body and thereby water, uh, water transmitting the heat out of our body. Another way to get heat out of the body is by air motion, fanning somebody. If air is blowing over a body, heat will leave more uh, rapidly. That is what we call the windshield factor. When it's 50 degrees out, if the wind is blowing, you'll lose more heat. Most of the heat is just uh, coming out of our body uh, with electromagnetic radiation. That is just radiating out. So when you want to lose heat, you use those three medicine, those three ways of getting heat out of our body. Convection, you fan people. Conduction, you get them wet. Radiation, you take off coats and jackets. If you want to stay warm, you use those three methods, radiation, conduction, and convection. You put, if you want to stay warm, you, you, you put coats on people. If you uh, uh, want to keep, stay warm, you stop conduction by keeping them dry. Uh, if you want to stay warm, you get out of the wind. So you have to think about what you're doing with bikers and with athletes in general. So people say, well, what is evaporation? Well, evaporation is the process that occurs when you sweat, and it uses all three of those. When a body starts to get hot, that is, the uh, uh, and the outside temperature, say, is close to your body temperature, it's hard for heat to leave the body. So we start to sweat. The body will put water on our skin to facilitate uh, heat leaving our body uh, through uh, 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 conduction. So think of a biker pedaling as fast as he or she can in a race, and their body's producing an inordinate amount of heat. The goal then is to get as much heat out of that body as possible. Uh, otherwise, they'll get too hot. Now, one thing that, that needs to be made clear is that um, performance is affected by heat, heat transfer specifically. If a body is hot and you don't get heat out of the body, performance drops considerably. This is why it's not good to exercise when the temperature is in the 90s, especially the upper 90s, because in order to have heat leave the body, there has to be a difference in heat. So you can't perform when the temperature is your body temperature. In fact, the best temperature for outdoor performance is when the temperature is about 40 degrees cooler than the body temperature. That is about 58 degrees or 60 degrees. That is when heat leaves the body the, the, uh, very quickly and allows for maximum 
uh, performance. And we overlook that a lot when we're trying to get performance. So keeping a body cool when performing, especially in a power race, it becomes very important not only to, to protect against hyperthermia, but also to preserve performance. This is talking about some of the very specific heat-related illnesses, though, that come when people are performing and they start to get too hot. The first one is what we're talking about is heat cramps. This is caused by a loss of salt. When people sweat when they're performing, salt also leaves the body. This um, is a problem because in order for our muscles to function, they need sodium or salt. It is not unusual for bikers or others to get cramps in their calves or legs because of the loss of salt. So what needs to happen in this situation is you need to give the biker salt. Um, this is why uh, drinking a, a sport drink is better than just drinking water because sport drinks have uh, just about the right amount of salt in it. If they're drinking a lot of water and they're getting cramps, cramps you can put a little salt on their palm and let them just lick it or you can give them drinks that have salt in it. You know, the sport drinks have sodium in it. In the emergency room, uh, when somebody comes in with cramps and they can't walk in a lot of pain, we'll actually give them an IV of salt water. And that does the job. The cramps go away. There's a notion out there that it's a lack of potassium that causes cramping, and it's not. It really is a lack of uh, sodium. So water is good, and you need to drink a lot of water, but you also need to replace that water with salt rather with water that has salt in it. The next big problem that bikers and athletes can get in heat is what we call fainting <clears throat> or a heat syncope. And this is really just dehydration. The body needs to have uh, fluid in the vessels to pump blood around. And in athletes, particularly bikers who are pedaling really hard, they become so dehydrated they don't get uh, blood up to their brain and they get lightheaded and they can faint. Uh, they'll usually know that they're dizzy or restless, may, might even be nauseated, uh, and uh, will all of a sudden just go down or feel like they're going to go down. This really is just dehydration. Laying down the ground, get their feet up in there, cool them off, pour water on them, and then get water into them, especially if you can get it that has salt in them. The next disease we want to mention is the ones getting more serious. Bikers get this when they're pedaling hard and in the heat. It's called heat exhaustion. This is a defined illness in the medical world. It re represents a significant water and salt loss. So symptoms of heat exhaustion include uh, profound weakness, fatigue, nausea, and they may, they may have uh, vomiting or not, but they're going to be really thirsty and have headaches. In fact, headache is a common symptom that comes early on uh, with dehydration, so watch for that. If kids or uh, your biker friends or if it's one of your uh, athletes, is getting a headache, they're probably dehydrated. Although heat exhaustion isn't as severe as heat stroke, it isn't something to be taken lightly. Without proper intervention, heat exhaustion will pro progress to heat stroke, which can damage the brain and other vital organs. So keep people uh, wet, get a lot of fluid, and replace the salt often in them. If they are showing signs of heat exhaustion, um, you want to stop all activities. Remember, convection, conduction, radiation, stop activities because that will start to cool them down. Get them out of the sunlight, that's uh, radiation. Um, uh, give them water uh, as they can drink it, as much as they can without vomiting. Try to get salt in it. In increase heat loss by the three methods. So get them wet, blow air over them, and uh, get them into the shade. 
And uh, you can get them sopping wet. You don't get them lightly wet. You can just douse them with water. The more water, the better. That will uh, get heat out of them quickly. And then if you fan them, uh, they will uh, lose a lot of heat. If, if you get them too late, they will uh, start to get heat stroke. They, they, they're not going to walk. They're going to be very confused, combative, uh, bizarre behavior. They're going to have, maybe even have seizures. This is when you need to get to the hospital as fast as you can. Do everything you can to get them cool. Fan them, get them wet, get them out of the sun, but get them to the hospital. If they can drink, get water into them, and uh, just get them to the hospital. That is, the heat exhaustion has progressed to the point where they're in a lot of trouble. You probably aren't going to get to this point because you'll recognize the other, uh, you know, the symptoms of um, uh, heat exhaustion first. Prevention is really the key to keep people wet, to keep them moist, to get to um, uh, get water on them, to make sure that you're, they're exercising and, and racing in temperatures that are much lower than their body temperature. If you're trying to do a race in the 90 degrees, you're going to have a lot of trouble with people. And, and sometimes you do that uh, uh, not by choice, but by the day the race or the, or the event is that day. So make sure you're getting water, electrolytes into them. And uh, you can watch the color of the urine. The darker the urine color, the more dehydrated someone is. And uh, so you want to make sure that the urine is clear. If it starts to get really dark yellow, then they're not getting enough uh, water in them. Also monitor headaches, heat cramping, and confusion uh, and so that you can uh, better manage uh, the heat losses. Remember, it's not about getting cold to them. It's just facilitating heat out of the body. Heat-related illnesses are common with athletes and bikers in particular. They're going to overheat. So that's the first thing you need to watch is that they're hydrated, not getting headaches, getting salt replacement, and making sure that um, if they are overheating, that when the event or the race or the practice is over, that, that they cool off uh, uh, quickly. But you might find that you're biking or practicing or racing in cold temperatures. If your events are in the fall and the temperature gets down in the 50s and they get too wet, now the opposite is going to happen. They're going to lose too much heat and they're going to get cold. The feeling of cold is a, is a rapid loss of heat. So then you have to stop heat loss. You want to put uh, the gear on them that will help preserve uh, heat in their body. And, and uh, remember, convection, conduction, and radiation. The wind will get rid of a lot of heat. Water will get rid of a lot of heat. And if you get out of the sun and the shade, then, then you're not getting uh, heat in the body and you're going to lose more heat. The disease is called hypothermia. And it's a very uh, common problem in the fall, especially in the winter months, uh, if you're out exercising or biking in those areas. It really doesn't matter whether you have mild or moderate or severe hypothermia. What you want to watch is sort of the signs for these things. Uh, the treatment of hypothermia is to stop heat loss from the body. You can put heat into the body by putting warm water bottles and things next to people, but m uh, most people that are in this situation, you just need to stop the rapid heat loss from their body. It's just the opposite of hyperthermia. So remember, convection, conduction, radiation, get them dry, get them into a warm environment, and get them out of the wind. And once you get these people out of the, the wind and get them dry and into a warm place, heat will stop leaving uh, the body. So um, also another thing you can do is give them carbohydrate-rich foods and beverages, you know, uh, whatever it is that you have on hand for, your, um, for the bikers. 
you want to avoid any alcoholic beverages because that um, exacerbates hypothermia because it dilates vessels, and then that will allow heat to leave. And also, uh, those things like uh, caffeinated drinks may cause you to urinate. Now, you think, is urinating bad? Well, remember, if you're losing heat from your body and you want to stop heat, urinating in and of itself is a hot liquid, and that will leave your body. So if you give them a drug like a caffeinated drink or coffee, which allows uh, them to urinate more, then you're just going to exacerbate heat. Hot chocolate is fine, or hot drinks are fine, but uh, just remember that uh, you don't you don't want to cause them to urinate if you can't. Like that's what alcohol will do. So uh, as you start to see somebody get uh, cold, what you're going to start to see is they'll start to get cramping and fumbling, and they'll start start to shiver. The shivering is the body's way of trying to generate heat. As you become colder, you're going to start to decrease that shivering. So shivering is kind of like the headache is for hyperthermia. Shivering is the same way for hypothermia. That's the first sign that people are getting too cold. The body's trying to warm itself by jiggling around and generating heat. So what you want to do in minor or moderate hypothermia is stop heat from leaving the body. And if you need to put heat into the body with warm drinks, uh, that will allow them uh, to to get uh, to get warm, but if if, if a biker is getting cold, uh, then you need to get to a car or into a building, wrap them up, dry them, and get them out of the out of the cold. If they get to a point where they're just so freezing and they can't walk and they're fumbling, they're confused and disoriented, then you're going to have to get them to the hospital where they can do active rewarming to them there, and and check them out. Don't let it get to that point. If, if bikers are starting to get cold because it's a cold environment, they're wet, the wind is blowing on them, stop the race, stop them from working, get them to a car, get them warm. Remember, convection, conduction, radiation, out of the wind, get them dry, get them into a warm environment, and you'll be able to, to keep them warm. Um, and remember, the single most important aspect of hypothermia, or hyperthermia for that matter, is adequate prevention. Adequate prevention through preparation. They often call hypothermia the killer of the unprepared. But even experienced, prepared outdoorsmen and bikers and, and athletes have succumbed to this ailment. You should be aware of weather conditions, bring appropriate gear, cancel events, cancel practice, cancel races, and have a contingency plan always in place. And uh, you will uh, uh, not run into these heat-related problems. Just in review, remember... It's always about heat leaving the body. If it leaves too quickly, we get the feeling of cold. If it doesn't leave quickly enough, we get the feeling of, of being hot. And if we keep heat in our body, we become hyperthermic. If it leaves too quickly, we become hypothermic. So you always have to have your eyes out for hyperthermia and hypothermia. And always remember convection, conduction, and radiation. And that are the three ways of, uh, of how we lose heat from our body. This ends the podcast on these heat and cold related uh, injuries. And as always, we thank you for listening.